Welcome to Front Row Seats, podcast proudly brought to you by the Pencil Club with myself, Lungani Zama, sports journalist and broadcaster, and Sanele, the sports sangoma Shabalala. Both got strong opinions on, on a variety of subjects, so it's not necessarily a sports podcast. There is some serious conversations to be had, of course, around sports particularly, but the Front Row Seat is, is your Front Row Seat to the way we see and experience the world. Morning and uh, welcome to Front Row Seats, proudly brought to you by the Pencil Club. We're sitting here on the 23rd floor of uh, Umklanga Arch. I'm your co-host this morning, uh, Lungani Zama. I'm joined in studio by uh, Sanele Shabalala, the sports sangoma. And uh, I think he's in Cape Town, uh, but it's it's confusing. Uh, but Matt Stevens, line number 741, joins us uh, on Zoom. Morning, gentlemen. Good, Good morning. Morning, Zama. Great to see you guys. Hello, Matty. Good to see you too, Matty. Obviously... Uh, you seem to have a bigger smile than, than than some of us do after after Saturday's uh, first <laughs> test. Um, but just for a sense of perspective, I suppose in a normal time we'd be probably quite likely have been watching this match together. Yes, I wouldn't watch a match with anyone else but you, you sexy beast. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Matty. Very kind. Like I said, I think that the, the celebratory beers from Saturday are still in the system. Um, <laughs> But uh, as I said, my co-host is uh, Sanele Shabalala, uh, Shab's uh, betting man. Uh, where was your money this weekend, first of all, and uh, how, what did you make of that test? Yeah, I'm not uh, one to take a pint on uh, something I'm pretty keen on. Uh, like, uh, I don't know whether to bet with uh, the heart or the mind, you know, so I kind of try to stay away from those. But I must say, I did think uh, that we would win uh, by a couple, but obviously it went the other way around. Um, as the bookies had it, funny enough, it was strange. On Friday, box were favourites. Come Saturday morning, lines were favourites, and I guess they called it right. Handicap, spot on, four and a half points. I think we, we know where Matt's uh, heart lay, but uh, it's confusing. For a bit of context, um, Matt Stevens, Kersney old boy, uh, Schoolboy friend of uh, the sports song of Masanele Shabalala, and then obviously went and had a distinguished career for both England and the Lions. Um, Maddie, was was that expected from you, given everything that's happened in the last two years in the world? Well, Zama, I actually beat my daughters in a in a in a in the like household stake. Um, I, I I I called it a twenty one seventeen, uh, two hours before the game. So I was pretty close, and I thought Lions, the Lions would win this game. I'm, I'm glad you brought up your daughters before I did. Uh, there was a, a fascinating picture that uh, your wife, India, put on social media. Um, is that a reflection of the actual family, or were you just doing it for aesthetics to tease us South African fans thinking we had support in the Stevens household? <laughs> there's, uh, there's the Berlin Wall in my house. Uh, it, um, Ava is a, a, a devout uh, Springbok supporter, and Coco just likes the color red. Uh, fantastic. Uh, actually, to continue the family connection, Shaba, you are godfather. Um, are, are, are you proud of, of where your goddaughter went for, for, for this particular match? Shabs has a lot to do that. with that, Zama. And I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not particularly happy with him. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think you should be swaying my children at the tender age of 10 years old, Shabs. Yeah, even though you have I've been down that road. You don't want to get in between... Uh... <laughs> The girls in that household, it can get a bit, uh, can get a bit hectic. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, and I think um, 
as most of us in the world watching that series, we've been anticipating this one for 12 years um, and even more anticipation on the back of, of what happened in the World Cup with uh, the Lions uh, players that come from England and come from Wales. They're, they're, there's a sense of revenge almost in the air. Uh, did, did you get that sense, Matt? I think I think there were players uh, on that field that had something to prove, uh, and I think last week's uh, I mean not last week's but the South African A game had uh, gave gave the Lions I think a little little bit of an edge because um, they came out of that game knowing they could beat the uh, South African team even though they lost, uh, and that I think would have given them some kind of confidence uh, going into this game. It's that, you know, as good as your last game, you go in with something to prove. Uh, I think the front row had a huge amount to prove. I mean, I don't want to kind of nose on about the front row because I'm a front row player. But I think, you know, if you look at the, 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 the final against uh, South Africa and England, those, those two front rows were... Um, well, I think they were both on the bench, uh, or at least parts of those front rows on the bench. Uh, and um, I, I think, you know, we all knew, uh, at least any front rower knew um, how much damage South Africa did in that first half uh, to that front row. And I think uh, I think they're still smarting from it. Uh, and, and really, I, I'd, I'd also say that both the South African and the and the English and Irish Lions um, front rows are uh, are amongst the best in the world. I would have I would have said Malherba and Kitsoff are right right up there as the kind of best scrummagers in the world and are pretty good around the park. And then I would have said uh, Sinclair and uh, Van Epola are probably the best loose players uh, for for a front row in the in the world and not necessarily and not necessarily the best scrummagers, but. Wow, I was impressed with their performance when they came on uh, in the second half. I'm glad you keep on throwing front row, front row, front row. We didn't choose our name without uh, thinking about this, Maddie. And Brand conscious. Brand conscious. Described as a bit of a front row at times. Um, I think there's a picture from somewhere in Plettenberg uh, displaying that front row uh, in unison going up a mountain. Uh, Shabs, what did you make of that front row? <laughs> Yeah, talking front rows, Maddie. On that point, uh, you made some good points there on the the guys that came off the bench on both sides. Um, what do you think about actual the actual starting front rows? Um, I know they've drummed up a lot of controversy and a lot of questions, especially uh, the South African front rows, but um, also on also the Lions uh, front row. You know, Jamie George was almost expected as the starting England hooker to be starting for Lions, but I think Cowan Dickey obviously showed good form uh, in the in the lead-up. Uh, what are your thoughts on those two starting front rows? I thought Luke played well in the loose and um, and he scrummaged well. I think there was parity in the first half uh, and even maybe a little bit to the South African team uh, going through the first half in the scrum in general, not just the front rows. You know, it's not just the front rows that... Um, that uh, that are indicative of how, how a scrum performance goes. I think... Um, yeah, I think Luke was good, but his his lineup was poor. He missed a lot of uh, a lot of uh, quite easy uh, throw-ins. There were uh, some over the top, some wide, some a bit skew. Some would, I, I think the, the South African lineup put a lot of pressure on um, on, on that Lions team 
uh, early on, and it uh, and it forced errors. Uh, and I think if you uh, if if you see the change uh, in the second half, I think our lineup cleaned up, and I thought I thought we we had more than parity in the scrum, although it wasn't kind of uh, by any any means um, a, a completely dominant performance. Um, yeah, I think they. I think both of those, uh, the, both of those front rows from the Lions actually did their job, uh, and uh, Jamie would have been upset not to get into in, in, into that team. I think he's an inc incredible all-round player. He's got he's got the skill in the loose. Um, he's a brilliant practitioner in the lineout. Uh, his scrummaging um, is very technical, uh, but but. Um, but he's going to be a little bit sore because um, I think the, the, the I think that um, front row that came on in the second half might be pushing to start, or they might be strategic about it and, and go the same way because they might be playing that that um, two front row game uh, because the South Africans are traditionally and are so strong in the front row. Sorry, Maddie, um, just. You had a cap on just now, which you've decided to take off because obviously it doesn't fit, so it probably fell off. But can you just, <laughs> for aesthetic purposes, just put it back on? I'm wearing a Titan one because I lost a bet, so I wasn't going to be wearing my Springbok headgear, but unfortunately we lost, so I've got to wear this uh, St. Andrew's garb. But while while you're doing that, and it looks fantastic. Uh, how many times have you worn that, actually? Very few. Uh, it's actually um, it's actually something the, the British Lions sent out um, as a gift uh, to every single line that played. Uh, and I was talking to someone last night who has a grandfather and a father in the British Lions. Um, uh, also, uh, someone who spent a lot of time in South Africa, uh, Gordon, Gordon Waddle. I don't know if you, if you know that name. Um, but, but uh, yeah, we didn't ever get caps. Uh, and, uh, and that's something that traditionally happens in test teams, as you know. You get a cap the first game you play. But this was sent out uh, with, in a beautiful velvet bag all across the world. I mean, mostly to the British Isles, but for those who, who don't live in the British Isles, the, the, the cap got sent all across the world and is indicative of uh, the spirit of the Lions and what it means uh, and what, you know, and the, you know, the family that you are introduced to. It's a very special team. It's one of the last... Um, one of the last kind of lasting legacies of the uh, amateur era, you know, uh, and uh, yeah, we all feel very proud uh, to 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 even uh, even just be selected. Yeah, I'm sure. And and as you said, of tradition. It's off now because it looks ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say Shabs has a tailor for you. He he's got a bit of a bit noggin as well, so he's got a tailor who could probably do it justice and let that fit a bit better because at the moment it's about to fall off. But uh, in terms of this tradition, Shubs, uh, the Lions being the Lions, go back to 2009, I think you remember exactly where you were and, and how pumped you were for that entire three-week, six-week period when they were here. The fact that there's no Lions supporters in the country is a huge blow. Yeah, 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 definitely. Look, I think, I think it's a big blow either way for both sides. Um, I think in the situation, for instance, in that first test, South Africa could have done with a, with a bit of a crowd, but uh, but as we know in these British and Irish uh, uh, series, um, you usually uh, the the crowd is usually dominated uh, by by the tourists. Um, 
obviously we're missing the buzz. I remember 09 very clearly. Um, Matt's uh, uh, um, supporters and all of them, all the all the Lions supporters drank Durban streets dry, as far as you remember. That week or 48 hours after uh, the test match, there was no beer available in um, in the whole of Durban, practically. So, yeah, it's a huge thing, but I don't think it takes away from those that are selected um, in the in the larger squad and and even um, in the test team. Um, Maddie, you you went on two Lions tours, which um, is not you know not many people get to do that, and and um, and I know in your first tour as. as as far as I remember, you, um, I think you played quite a few matches, but I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think you got a test match in that first one. Yeah, I, I was, I was it's one of the big disappointments of my life, but I was never, I was never capped in any of the tours. So I, I played, I played, I played a lot of games for the midweek teams. I played almost all of the games for the midweek teams in both tours. Sure. But yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't make, uh, I didn't make a test, uh, a test. And that's a very special thing to do. But I think, what you what you do understand about those tours how how important the whole squad is you know not just not just for the midweek games but to prepare the the test team uh, and you never know when you're going to get called up and you've got to have a lot of depth and often you know with test um, with uh, with Lions tests it won't even be someone on the tour that becomes the standout you know performer favorite it'll be someone who's kind of called up. Uh, they'll be on holiday somewhere on their hol- they'll be holiday somewhere in Spain drinking a uh, d- drinking a cerveza and uh, they get uh, they get the call from the coach and they very quickly um, sober up and get on a plane uh, and then they you know um, counterintuitively become uh, become a, a test player on the lines never having thought they would so it's uh, it's it is one of those things. It's a long tour, you know. You're on with with preparation. You're on the road for two months. I mean, back in the day, chat, again, chatting to some some old British lines, they want they were on tour for four months, sometimes four or five months. Sometimes it would be a ship that took you over, uh, and 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 you know, lines lines has been going since the 1800s, uh, and it's uh, it's something it, it it it's something that has to keep going, and I. I I mean, I'm I'm digressing here, but the one of the things uh, said to me all the time, and Chubbs, you spoke about it, was that um, it's 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 kind of odd not to have all the supporters when when the Lions generally tour with with such a bandwagon, but uh, um, it it has to happen anyway, and it's 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 testament to. I think the British Lions and the Springbok teams, um, what they what what they're having to go through, living in bubbles, living in hotel rooms, uh, must be really tough on the mental health. Um, you know, um, to be you know driven around, not not being able to uh, communicate or connect with anyone around them. Uh, but they understand how important it is that this 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 test series must still happen, and it must happen when it happens. Um, not only for the good of the game and the economy of the game, uh, because you know the, the, these these unions uh, have to make money in these periods, and broadcasting rights make that money. Um, but but also but also because it's that it's that we got to carry on, whatever whatever happens. Um, you know we've got to 
get through what we're living through now. And uh, the Lions brings normalcy to people. The British Lions and the Springboks, I think more than any other country in the world, how it affects, um, it affects the, the mood of the nation uh, is, is, is so important. So that, that belief uh, of the teams, and they really do believe it, um, uh, that the, they have to carry on and they have to play uh, f for the nation at this time, even though uh, the conditions are far from uh, perfect. Uh, and I think, geez, I've just been so impressed by the quality of the rugby, given the, given the preparation uh, and the professionalism of, um, of all the players and what they're doing. Uh, I don't know if I could have done it. I probably would have done it because that's what you have to do. But uh, it just, it's, it, it, it must be so difficult. Yeah, look, I think um, you touch on a very important theme there in terms of uh, the pandemic and how, how much it's changed lives, obviously, Maddie, and, and no one would have expected it from, from where we were in 2019 with that fantastic World Cup in Japan and people watching all over the world. This was the next big thing. And, and, and like you say, a lot of players would have anticipated this being the pinnacle. A couple of people have, have extended their careers just to make sure that they're on this tour because it means that much. Um, Shubs, you, you've particularly looked forward to this because you said this was, I think you called it your peak. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Maddie, but in t 20, 2016, when the Barmy Army was here playing, uh, when England were playing the, the, the Proteas, uh, I had the opportunity to sit with Shubs at Castle Corner at Kingsmead. Um, this thing of talking about drinking Durban dry. Um, Shubs set for one, one, one full day of test cricket at Castle Corner with the Barmy Army on the other side on the West End. And I think the unofficial count from the, the bar ladies was, was 36 drafts. So I think... When he says peak, he was looking forward to sort of uh, drinking a few British and Irish Lions fans under the table. Um, I'm not sure. What do, what do you mean by uh, peak, brother? Yeah, yeah, Zama, you've got jokes. Um, no, basically what I meant, as we know, this thing only happens every 12 years. So the last time these guys were here, I think I was, you know, I was mid-20s. I was uh, fresh on the scene in terms of in the working world, starting to earn my own buck. But it wasn't, you know, we're still trying to build a career of sorts and, and, and that. So, but now, literally late 30s, um, not married yet. Um, one lighty, not too many responsibilities. Nothing too hectic. I thought I would have enjoyed this a lot more because I would have been literally on the road touring and following the lines around the country. And um, Matt knows... Uh, and you know, we we had uh, some lovely dinners and things lined up at Manos, etc. So, yeah, the next time the guys come here, we'll be in our fifties. One of us or two of us in this room could be grandfathers. <laughs> Sad, that's chubs. You didn't have to bring the conversation down like that. Yeah, that escalated in a hurry. Um, what I was going to say, Maddie, was uh, your first tour, two thousand five. Obviously, you're quite young yourself. Um, and then 2013, there's there's a lot more experience there. There's there's marriage. Your life has changed. Um, I, I quite liken it to 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 sort of going to school. You went to Kersney in, in junior school when you put the the Kersney jersey on for the first time. It probably means it means something. But by the time you get to matric and you've gone through all the traditions and you you know you know what the school means not just to you but the wider community. 
Did you get that sense with the Lions that it, it means more the longer the, the longer you play? Uh, absolutely. And remember, I was kind of I I I was a South African coming to uh, to the UK and didn't really I mean understood how important the Lions was the general fabric of rugby, but um, it, I, I I didn't quite understand it uh, as much as um, a, a British person and um, or a British rugby player. And I think uh, when I got picked for the 2000, you know, my my the the tour that I the tour was that I was at my peak for was the same the same time uh, Shabs was at his peak was 2009. Of course, I was banned from banned from the game for two years, so I didn't get to go on that tour. But I was I was there with the Lions fans um, walking up through those uh, famous cylindrical tunnels at uh, Kings Park, uh, and. Um, yeah, I just think it's. Uh, I think in 2013, I'd actually retired from uh, retired from international sport uh, because you know I had family commitments. Um, but I uh, but I was traveling back on a train from Bath in the UK, which I think both of you been, have been to, uh, or at least Shabs has been there. He's notorious in Bath still. <laughs> uh, traveling back on the Great Western Railway line uh, back into London. Uh, and I'm sat there with a whole a lot of strangers and on comes on the kind of onboard TV, on comes the line selection. Um, and as the line selection is going on, and I think it's the preamble to everything, Warren Gatlin uh, calls, calls me on the phone and says, Matty, uh, we're thinking about taking you on the line, sir. You know, you've got a lot of experience uh, and uh, I think you'll be good for the tour. Uh, and and you've you know you've been in good form recently. And I was like, is this a joke? I didn't think it was Warren. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and he said, I mean, it's 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 that kind of it's 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 that dream you w- wake up in a cold, hot sweat that you've got like a maths exam tomorrow. Um, it's it, it it felt like that, but also complete euphoria because I know how special these tours tours are and it went on to be an incredibly special tour uh to australia and um, i was part of a, a part of a squad that won the lions tour so i'm very happy i'm very happy and was very surprised that it happened yeah you, you, it, it is i suppose for south africans the fascination with this whole lions culture is these four nations that sort of try and beat each other up at six nations every year and then suddenly the lions come about and how easy is it to to sort of inculcate that culture and 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 that sense of unity for you know people that are rivals uh, for for most of your career and and then for this unique two months three months your brothers? Yeah, I think I, I'd, I'd go so far as to say the fans hate each other. You know, for the I mean, in a in a in a tribal sense, you know, England, Scotland, Ireland, and Wales are not best friends, uh, but. Uh, and haven't been for a thousand years, uh, but but obviously that you know it's it, it the the players don't have that kind of angst, although they get right, uh, turned on by the fans. Um, yeah, it's a, it, it's an, it's interesting. You would think it would be a very difficult thing to do, um, but there's a magic in throwing uh, disparate parties together. Um, and I, I, listen, I think this this year would have been the most difficult challenge of all. Uh, you can't uh, socialize really. You can't go out. 
um, you're stuck together. So it's it was it it could have been an absolute disaster for the Lions, um, but they've managed they've managed to pull together unity. I was talking to um, I was talking to the uh, strength and conditioning coach uh, Bobby Stridgen, and he was you know he he was very impressed. The guys have been. Uh, as are rugby players more and more absolutely professional about the whole thing. But in my experience, you know, you know that first day of school uh, and that first day walking into the, in, into a British and Irish line setup is very similar. You feel like I'm going to make friends here. Who knows who? You obviously know them from playing against one another. And very quickly, I think the Celtic nations are very good at. Uh, bringing uh, bringing the crack, as they call it, uh, to to the uh, to, to to the scenario, um, you you would have you you would have watched um, the lions, you would have watched the lions, uh, uh, living lions, and and all the various movies that are made, very popular um, very popular documentaries, um, and and you go on this journey with one another, and because it takes a while. And because you have to play the midweek games, and because you don't have your own hotel room, you room together, and because you have to fuss bait together, um, you end up forming relationships um, that last a lifetime and that allow you uh, to transcend your international differences and become this incredible uh, bonded uh, uh, force that that can can fly across the world and beat. Uh, someone uh, like South Africa, the the, the best uh, rugby playing uh, nation right now in the world, uh, as per the World Cup. I mean, I'm sure the Kiwis would have something to say about that, but they lost, so they must keep quiet. I, I like that disclaimer <laughs> as, as per the World Cup. I think a lot of the Celtic nations you talk about also would disagree strongly with whether they're the best in the world. But uh, Shabs, facts are facts. Uh, Springboks are World Cup champions. Um, as good as the last World Cup. You, you you have it until you lose it. Fair enough. For for four more years, well, two 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 more years now. But yeah, they're, they're still definitely. <laughs> I don't yeah. mean in the general sense of uh, all the games that are played and the rankings and world rankings that can tell you what what what's happening right now. But I'm saying world the World Cup is very different to the Six Nations and all of those things. Um, they play regularly. World Cup is uh, all about big match temperament and what you can do on the day. Hundred percent. Uh, Shabs, you obviously there was a lot of pride when you saw Maddie in a Lions shirt and in, even in an England shirt. Uh, but it speaks to sort of the internet in, in, international feel more and more of this Lions culture. Um, there's there's a Dutchman now playing for <laughs> for the Lions. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Duan van der Merwe, uh, the most unscottish name in the world? <laughs> yeah, very interesting, and he just like Matt, I suppose, spent most of his life in South Africa. Um, even played varsity cup rugby and junior junior uh, national sides and so on. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised, but I think he's very deserving of a squad spot. I was hella surprised by his selection um, to start. Um, but he, he showed his worth, to be fair. Um, which also actually brings me to you, Matty. Um, just thinking, how, how tough is it playing against your your country of birth and, you know, playing against guys that you know well or played with? Uh, and how bad is the abuse? I'm sure maybe you, you and K KP can relate. 
<laughs> I uh, I didn't have as much abuse as KP. I think I was less um, prominent <laughs> in the press during my during during my tenure, and also I I, I think uh, KP, you know, arguably uh, arguably played at a much uh, higher level for a lot longer time. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think it is difficult, uh, but. I was fully ensconced in the whole um, setup with England for at least four or five years before I even played South Africa. So I didn't have um, a baptism of fire straight away, uh, and uh, and and so so yes, the 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 press I got wasn't uh, terrible, but it you know often from the English were like you know where do your loyalties lie? Uh, why why do you why do you think you can play for England? It wasn't I, maybe there was a lot of press about it in South Africa. I wasn't reading it, so it didn't affect me. Um, but um, but from uh, from a playing standpoint, when I played, I, you know, I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of stick, uh, and 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 I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell the story now because it's highly publicised uh, everywhere. My <laughs> my dealings with. Uh, Bucky's Puerta and everyone has their own version of the story and it's probably the most kind of um, most told anecdote at the moment. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so uh, South Africans love to hear that the English guy got his English traitor South African got his head stoved in by Bucky's Puerta. But um, but that's fine, you know, like I, I, that, I'm, I, I'm a front row player so I'm used to having my head kicked in. You said you got a lot of stick, but from my memory, you also gave a lot of stick, brother. What? You gave a lot of stick. You weren't exactly a choir boy in the corner. Oh, okay. uh, please. With, with, with I, I think I got one yellow card in my career, or two. No, no stick. Not, 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 not that you were misbehaved. I'm talking about stick here. You, you gave banter as good as any Australian first slipper. Absolutely. Ab absolutely. I gave, a, gave as good as I got, and... When I got when I got a chance to uh, put a hard tackle in or, um, or 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 smash a scrum, uh, I, I I reveled in it, and and that's the competitive beast in all of us. You you also made a or not not a cameo, but right at the end of the 2013 documentary, in the credits, we suddenly see you pop in uh, in, in the hotel corridor, and, and and there's a lot of merriment. Obviously, um, the fact that as we say, there's no there's no real sense of going out into into Cape Town as a team and, and and going down, you know, down to the pubs and sort of mingling with crowds post games as as normal. Um, how, how much harder is that to to sort of celebrate as a team, or is it actually better that you go straight back to the team hotel and you get that chias as as the Lions? Um, you keep it in house. Well, I I, I hope I hope when uh, the world comes back to some kind of. Uh, I hate that cliche, new normal. Uh, but I hope, I hope when the world becomes less interesting uh, around uh, viral uh, pandemics, um, that that the Lions uh, or the Lions players selected don't don't see this as a as the change in how things are done because I think it's unfair on the players and I think um, really the Lions team is a diplomatic envoy and it needs to go and experience the countries. That it goes to and mingle with the people and the players and the and the players need to be exposed um, to that because it's not just the lines. You know, I I understood is far more than uh, uh, just a rugby game. 
it's uh, it's it's a it's a it's a journey for for the players and a journey for the fans and a and a spectacle um, to cherish. And I think part of that spectacle is the cultural benefit it has on 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 both countries. You know, many people would not have come to South Africa uh, or Australia or New Zealand if it were not for the for the Lions tour. And I think. Um, people have come on those tours and have kept coming back and have kept the relationships um, they've made with with South Africans, Australians, and New Zealanders um, going for, um, for 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 the, for a lifetime. Um, so um, I think that's you know what's really important about this tour because it's it it it, it isn't it isn't within the normal structure. It's not a World Cup. It's it's just something different and it must stay different and it must keep its amateur roots um, because I think they're special. Um, so I hope that that this kind of professional approach that they've had to take, um, you know, doesn't completely take over. Although I'm sure, you know, things will change as things do. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really, I believe in the Gears. I believe in the, uh, the, the journey of this uh, this line. So I believe in us all uh, waiting to watch the video that comes out, and we're excited about what's going to happen on that uh, on that film uh, and and the documentaries that are made about it. Yeah, Shabs, you you've travelled the world for sport, um, and, and you probably understand more than most what it means to a fan to to sort of travel for a team and and for a cause. You, there's a there's a tattoo that you've got from the 2011 World Cup that you say you're only going to redo if you go back to New Zealand or when you go back to New Zealand. Um, the fact that this series uh, wasn't postponed like so many other things around the world where there was a lot of talk that it, it maybe should be or maybe moved to the UK, but the fact that we've kept it in the slot and played it even in silence in terms of stands, um, how important is it to, to sort of try and keep as much normality even in the madness that is the world right now? Yeah, I think it's very important. Look, uh, we've got like the Olympics this weekend that just started. That was postponed by a whole year. Um, I must say I was of the opinion that this tour should have been postponed, obviously for selfish reasons and for crowd reasons and for traveling crowds and all of that because there's absolutely nothing like, you know, the English fans, um, especially Lions fans. Um, but... In the same breath, I'm actually glad that it actually is here on our shores, even if it is behind closed doors. The hype is still quite the same. It's still the Lions. It's still the Springboks. We are defending champs. Um, and so even just the vibe in and around um, sporting fans here in Durban, a couple of people I may have come across, um, you'd swear there's nothing different. Um, so it's very important that we maintain some sort of normality and I'm actually glad it did go ahead because it does kind of give us a little bit of hope that things are going to come right. It's just a pity that we won test down now because who knows, in six days, the series could be over. Yeah, look, on that same breath, thank goodness, uh, Maddie, you in South Africa, so you understand this a bit better too. The fact that uh, the country's opened up a little bit more so you can actually potentially go down to a pub with a few more mates and and watch a big, big second test now because obviously South Africa have to absolutely win it or, or the Lions have claimed the series and the bragging rights that come with that last for 12 years. Um, so the fact that we do have that atmosphere that's going to be a lot more intense this week, um, let's throw it forward to the second test and, and just how much pressure is now on the Springboks. Yeah, huge, huge pressure. And the, the South African 
part of me uh, in a rugby sense um, is uh, is really hopeful that uh, South Africa come uh, come out and play brilliantly this uh, this week because I think it just makes the tour better. You know, when you when you have uh, a win either side, and then you go into a grand finale. Um, and I, I I personally think that will happen. I think that um, this, the the teams are very uh, very evenly matched. I think the Lions have in both the last two occasions, and let's 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 say the South Africa A game was was a test anyway. They've they 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 both have um, a bit more match time. Um, sorry, at least the South African team has more match. Match time. I think um, they'll have adapted uh, physically to uh, the second half play, which you know we've seen the Lions come back in both second halves um, uh, very strongly. And I think the South Africans, if they can hold on to their first half performance um, from both games um, and bring that through into the second half, I think uh, the Lions will be under some some pressure to win that second game. And I think third, the the third test in any series is all about big match temperament uh, and and winning through, you know. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And and like you said, the must win element probably makes it easier for South Africa. That's pretty much how they approached much of the World Cup. A very simple game plan. Um, but Chubbs, I think we've already seen a trend in in the bookies and the way that they're looking at this. Maybe you can shed some more light in, in how much has changed in just one weekend and, and, and one performance where maybe some people feel that the Springboks haven't adapted and, and changed their plans from 2019. It's still a very much uh, Russi-centric and obviously that, that bomb squad has been sitting and, and not detonated as, as it did in, in Japan. Um, so what, what do the bookies say in terms of uh, where this weekend goes? Yeah, look... Um just uh, just before I get onto the the game and the odds for the second test, um, I think on Matt's point, it's quite telling that actually in that warm up game and in the first test, how 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 terrible we were in the second half essentially, um, where we just couldn't score points. Um, are we a bit undercooked? Um, Georgia won SAA match into a first test match against the Lions. Ooh, I don't know if, if that one is enough, uh, to be quite honest. Um, at the moment, the bookies bookies have Lions to win second test. They priced at eight to ten. South Africa twenty two to ten. Quite different to the first test. So bookies obviously uh, and the pundits have seen enough. Um, and the odds are basically that it's eight to ten versus even money for the series to end this weekend. I'm not. I'm not trying to line up the South African excuses early here, but all those COVID cases, Maddie, that happened. I mean, that's obviously a big disruption, and the fact that even from a competitive sense, like Shab says, you know, you've come from Six Nations, you've come from a full Gallagher Premiership at full strength. There's been strong European competition. Did Did South Africa take a punt and hope that the pride would be enough? And we saw that in the first half, and then kind of blow out of steam, or or do they need just this week of intense? You know, understanding and, and getting people back to full speed, and now knowing that okay, well, it's, it's do or die. Yeah, I, I, listen, I think I I I, I think two uh, two games is and makes a big difference to conditioning. Uh, I think uh, it'll be in South Africa's favour. They've they've had uh, two, they've had these two games to um, uh, 
uh, and I don't, I can't remember now because I've been out of rugby so long that uh, I, I, I think it's it's a, it's adapting. Um, you know, your fast twitch and slow twitch fibers adapt; they break down, uh, they come back. You get your your um, anaerobic fitness um, through those games. You get that physical barrage um, that they probably haven't had at test level, um, and I think they they have what South Africa always has. Um, is that uh, infinitesimal thing of um, knowing that what they do will affect uh, will affect the whole country so dramatically, um, uh, and especially you know in the in the wake of the riots that we've seen in the in the wake of um, in the wake of COVID and the devastation it's had on South African businesses, um, the devastation that. It's had across the board, um, but especially for um, the communities uh, uh, in in this country that are living um, living with nothing really. So um, I think they know that that the effect it has on this population is something that spurs you on. I don't always think, and I and I would say the Lions is probably the one. Difference, but I don't think always think you had that playing for England or Ireland or Scotland or Wales. Um, it's that like prize fighter notion, you know, um, the guys that come from uh, from nowhere and nothing um, have more to fight for, uh, and that's by no means saying that South Africa are coming from nowhere and nothing. Uh, it's the most beautiful country in the world, but it is a country that has seen a huge amount of devastation recently, and um, and I think. I think that that will be part of the speeches at halftime. That'll be part of the speech. Sorry, the part of the speeches all through the week. Um, you know, uh, Rossi will, uh, and, and I know Nina was the coach, but Rossi will be um, uh, Rossi and Nina will be uh, <laughs> the disrespect. No, no, same family. You never know who's who there. <laughs> well, I mean, we uh, we we know what a passionate. Uh, a captain we have in Sia Khaleesi. Uh, we know what a passionate um, coach uh, we have in Rossi and I'm sure Ninaba. Um, they are they are going to play on that passion and rightly so they should do. Uh, and I I hope for South Africa's sake that um, that they can pull pull one out of the bag and I, I I think they will. I think they will win this weekend. So against the bookies. And my form is pretty good. My daughters will tell you. I mean, I was going to say, you know, the, the, one of the, the, the fundamental reasons that you were the debut guest for the Front Row Seat podcast is that you speak with the eloquence of a backline player, even though you have the dimensions of a front rower. So that was beautifully wrapped up. I don't know. But that's a fallacy, hey? That's a fallacy. It's all the front row players, the smart ones. I promise you. I'm not the, not saying I'm smart, but the guys... <laughs> Just take the compliment, Maddie. Just take the compliment, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you. We'll have you back on soon enough. Um, I'm just looking over your shoulder and realise that you stocked up well before the rest of the country. I think uh, the queues actually those those bottles are all empty, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, we can stock up again. Yeah, we can stock up, and and, and hopefully by by the third test or at least in the post mortem, we'll have this um, sitting, not watching you on Zoom. But uh, have you in the same room and and drinking maybe a few scotch uh, drams, as they say. Um, but on behalf of Front Row Seat, myself and Shubs, 
uh, and the Pencil Club. We just want to say thank you for for your time this morning. I know in 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 Lions series time, it's, your your time is very precious more often than not. Um, so the fact that you've availed yourself on Monday morning, we really appreciate it, and uh, we hope to see you back soon in, in in the front row. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. Obviously, both of you are good friends, um, but it's been a pleasure chatting to you as always. Uh, Lots of love to the families and yeah, look forward to hopefully seeing you in person soon. Absolutely. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, Will. Bye. Well, that's the end of uh, episode one of uh, Front Row Seats. Um, special thanks yet again to Matt Stevens, Lion741, for his time. Thanks to the Sports Sangoma, Sanele Shabalala, and thanks to you. Uh, we'll see you again this time next week. And uh, look forward to the Springboks hopefully leveling the series and giving us something to look forward to in the third test.